What's up guys, welcome back to the Ehem Podcast and today we will answer a question from uh, he told me to use a spy name, so Edwin. <laughs> Hello, I have been watching your video for quite some time and I have decided to dip my toes in the property market. Let me introduce myself, I'm 24, working in Singapore, earning roughly $7,000 a month, excluding bonus and stocks option. Right now, I am looking into sub-sales. Let me share with you my opinion on why I am looking into sub-sales, not a new project. Number one, there is more negotiation room and I can collect rent to cover my installment. I can calculate my rental yield fairly easily. Number two, when you go into sales galleries, even though the surrounding area only yields 2,000 rental, with a fully furnished unit, they will advertise 5,000 rental if you cut into smaller rooms and so on. Or do Airbnb, which I am quite opposed to as there is too much competition right now and it is hard to make your unit really stand out among all the Airbnb units. I have been told, I have been to a lot of sales gallery in KL recently and I don't think right now there are any good projects that can generate break-even cash flow, let alone positive cash flows. I feel like all the properties are quite overpriced at this point as I need to fork out around 1000 for the unit and this is excluding renovation from the makeover guys and the agent commission fee for helping us finding a tenant. Moving on to the project I am looking at. Number one is Country Gardens Dangabe. I am right now taking advantage of the situation of the China slash Singapore investors trying to cut their losses because the initial launching price is around a million and right now the market value is around roughly 470,000 and hence I am sort of trying to lowball the seller to sell me their units and let them live in peace. Number two, the unit I am looking for is an 881 square feet, two bedroom, two bathroom layout. There is a tenant inside the unit and the rental is around 1007. The selling price is 450, which I managed to haggle down to 380, which is almost 70,000 off. I think I will jack up the price to 1008, 2009 after I purchased the unit. The rental yield is roughly around 5.6%, which I consider decent. If you compare this to any other units in KL, I find this quite impressive as most of the properties in KL only yield roughly 3% rental yield at most 4. Furthermore, to give you more context to the developer units that are going for sale at 450 per square feet. Even for sub-sales, other than the unit I'm eyeing, which is 430 per square feet, the next cheapest available sits around 540 per square feet. And the concerns will be, number one, I am contemplating whether I should take a full loan and cash out the difference as I know the bank value will be higher than the sales price. If this is the case, I might need to fork out the maintenance fees every month. But if I do not cash out and went for a lower loan amount, the rental actually cover all installment and maintenance costs and I do not need to worry about anything. Number two, the reputation of the developer and the financial status might be a problem if I want to exit this property as the future buyer will also research online before buying. But since this is already built and finished, hence I am not concerned if the developer actually goes bankrupt. Have you had any trouble exiting a property where the developer's name kind of ruins the ongoing deal? Number three, due to the higher initial launching price and now the price dropped so much, there are still a lot of unsold units from the developer which I confirmed with several agents and there is a lot of negative comments about this project. But when I go to their township and see quite popular one, got beach la, visitor la, two sides of the road fully parked for the beach and all. Maybe the developer buy cars and park there to look more popular, <laughs> but there is also a mall with Aeon, DIY, Health Lane, Pharmacy, Cinema. Although the mall is not as big, but it has everything we need. How come the online comments are so thorough and I am scared that this might affect future buyers when I'm exiting this property. Number four, they said since this is this whole township is built on reclaimed land, the building might sink and terrace collapse. I am not sure whether is this true, so might need your expertise on this. Number five, 
I want to play conservatively assuming my property does not appreciate in price since I am entering below market value and I can sell back at below market value too in the future. Assuming there is no capital appreciation and I continue to let my tenant build my equity for me and I refinance it and cash out and keep repeating this. Am I playing the property game right? And should I aim for the property that has much more space for capital appreciation like in KL or Penang? Because high rise in JB, I don't see really that much of a capital appreciation happening as there is ample amount of land. Number six, last but not least, does buying this property make sense? Wow, so you can see the entire email is very strategized and this person, very good lah. So thank you very much for sending in the email at Win. Basically, you wrote about two things. One is the comparison between new properties and sub-sales. The rest is all about this particular project in Danga Bay. So let's talk about the first portion. You are absolutely right. Like new properties, most of the time, the developers have factored in the inflation as well for the four years of construction. So if I were to sell you a project today, I estimate that you will get the keys four years from now and I will calculate my risk accordingly and that results in a selling price that's way higher than sub-sale price. But the problem that has always been within the market is that hefty down payment that a lot of youngsters cannot afford. To own a particular property, you will need around 17 to 18% in cold hard cash. So a simple 500,000 property that I see, and if I want to buy right immediately, I will need to cough out around 90,000 just to own the property before renovation, before furnishing. Not a lot of young Malaysians can afford that kind of amount. 90,000 and before having 90 day, whole body itchy, want to go buy car, la, buy back, go vacation, live life already. Then I really like the negotiation part where you talk about sub-sale, right? In sub-sale, you get to make a deal, make an offer, you can lowball, you can do whatever you want. There's always room for these kind of things that makes the entire deal-making process interesting. And the point I'm trying to make here is that, maybe I don't say this enough, great deals are crafted. Instead of looking for great deals around sales galleries, right? That's very, very hard to find because most of us are buying things off retail. It means there's no room for discount and even discount is those standard kind of discounts that we find in the mall. Sometimes you buy two free one. Sometimes it's 50% off, right? But they jack up the price a little bit before 50% it or whatsoever. That's the exact same scenario for property as well. There's not much room unless you are VIP, you are part of the family member within the staff, you are business associates. If you are none of those, right, if you walk into a sales gallery today as an individual, you are paying one of the highest price within the market. Well, unless you are a YouTuber that has a property channel with massive followings, right, or you are in a bulk purchase group, means that you join a group where they arrange the purchase in bulk, which allows them to enjoy massive discounts from the purchase. Most likely, a lot of people just buy off market rate. And because of that, it's very, very hard to get returns. You are absolutely spot on. And a trick a lot of people use to make that deal more fancy, right? The Ajinomoto to that thing will be the rates of rental. Edwin here says that like sometimes they advertise 5,000 for an Airbnb rental return, right? Well, the standard rental for the fully furnished unit is only 2000 a month then they will justify to you the 75% occupancy rate per month what's the room rental now or whatsoever if the standard rents are so good already do you need the Airbnb rental rates so these are just tactics or advertising jargons to make the deals look better la. and most of the time this is not done by the developer himself it's usually the marketing agencies or real estate agencies that do most of this kind of thing because there's no real body that is governing the entire 
entire advertising space for all properties within the market. Even if I say the rental can be 8,000, right? There's no need for me to prove myself. Huh? I just need you to make you click that then now going into the project that he's looking into, Danga Bay, which is right across the palace. It's a beachfront property, very nice actually. And it's quite central within the entire Telok Danga. That's why it's called Danga Bay. Lah. However, the developer is a very infamous one right now. They were one of the first ones that entered the Johor market and it took the property market by storm in terms of their exorbitant marketing strategy, their insane budget for marketing marketing collaterals that they team up the entire sales gallery into like a theme park of a playground that's why you can see a lot of people but what's more amazing is the ties with the local government because at the same time I was in the development office the entire job scope is to expedite the entire approval process before we can sell the project and build the project but for them it's very easy so they come in tak 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 build sell team. And the entire volume of their sales is just insane. Well, because of their aggressive approach to the entire real estate extension throughout the world, right? Now there's this crisis that they are facing right now. And you can see it results in a terrible price depreciation. From a selling price of 1 million last time, now it's around 450,000. And our friend here gets to push down to 380,000. And this is a scenario that I'm trying to paint to a lot of people. Imagine buying at 1 million. Right, and you get 90% loan, you pay 900,000 loan amount. The installment is going to be like four to five thousand per month. And after, like, maybe you hold for five, eight years, that's for example, 10 years, right? After you hold for 10 years, the property is only 380,000. You still owe the bank around 800 to 700,000. After you exit 380,000, you get the cash you pay back to your bank, you still need to pay off the remaining 400 over 1000. That's insane. And that's the risk of property investment actually. A lot of people don't want to talk about this. So how do we safeguard that is always to look into the rental yield, to look into the transaction price of the surrounding. Because when this was launching at 1 million, right, it was definitely one of the highest selling price and there was no justification. The landed property around that area don't even fetch 1 million and an apartment suddenly you fetch 1 million. Yeah. Then for Edwin's case now, you buy such a product where the rental can cover the installment and the strategy is to allow that to happen across time. Then whenever there's surplus within the account itself where you have a tenant build the equity, you get to cash out and you use that again and again, right? That's fine. But to me, that's not the best way to use your money. Lah. Because there's a few things you need to think about. One is the exchange of currency. You really need to think about, are you going to be in Singapore for long or eventually you're going to come back? Because after meeting a few Singaporean investors myself, right, most of them are devastated by the exchange rate. Because during pandemic, a lot of them actually acquired some properties in KL and they made money. Now they have cash flow. But if you were to convert everything back to Sing dollar, right, and make more money just by putting them in REITs, those are their exact words, not mine. Because after you pay all the process fee, la, the flight tickets, la, all the work, right, results in... Then when you say properties in KL yield roughly around 3 to 4% only, I'm not sure whether you look into brand new properties or you look into sub-sale properties. And that's the difference between investors. The access to deals are very different. If you are just normal, you find around the market using property portals, you calculate, right? 
most of the asking price are not negotiated yet so every owner would want to sell high high but every buyer would want to buy low low so comparing a property in JB right now that you are also confident that it will not fetch a lot of capital appreciation even the best running condo in JB is not going to fetch much of capital appreciation moreover a property with a stigma so instead of putting your money here where it can break even the property that I'm buying right now has absolutely the same quality of breaking even before it's even constructed but that is again because of the deals that I'm getting so if I'm being very serious right now there are way better options out there and this is only a good deal when you know that this is a 1 million property but you're buying at 380 I don't know whether you feel that it's best to not let this be a determination of this being a good deal sometimes it's like you buy a watch of 70 to 80 thousand right then when you go into the subsidy market you're buying at 25,000 market price it's still 25,000 yes there are malls there are actually people there are actually cinemas and whatsoever right ultimately if you were to give a Johorian an apartment of 380,000 they still wouldn't consider it they would rather pay a bit more in terms of five to six hundred thousand for a landed properties because you sound like a person who invests a lot in shares lah. so 5.6 percent rental yield or whatsoever right then there's a difference between ROI and ROE like you said there are still a lot of existing units by the developer that are not sold so if it's a fully sold project then maybe the market will correct itself then suddenly people feel that hey this unit actually look bad the location not bad then there will be some level of improvement right in terms of the overall but when the developer is not doing well no longer as financially strong I'm also concerned about the management part of things because if you look into the mall right who actually owns the mall is it sub out to a separate management company or is it managed by themselves if budget is an issue will it affect everything else so those are the things again personally I have better options then regarding the reclaimed land thing compared to their next project which is Forest City I think this is way minimal in terms of scale because in Forest City it's even more massive but if you were to check around the market the speed of their execution has surprised everybody so I absolutely Absolutely no insights about their quality actually but again a lot of people actually make complaints within online forums and file against the developers so you can somewhat guesstimate the overall quality but again if you have visited the unit everything is okay but when you want to sell it still depends on the perception of the next buyer on it it's just like when you buy a property next to a cemetery like I cannot see the cemetery and I'm from the unit and it's absolutely fine it's absolutely peaceful and I'm making a lot of money by living in this unit but when you want to sell the property suddenly hey, your unit next to cemetery that can cheaper a bit or not overall right if you're just comparing all apartments within JB I think it's a deal and you are very well informed about the risk of it do you want to take all loan do you want to take up some that's entirely up to your risk appetite but the only thing that you didn't consider I think will be the exchange rate because keeping the money in sing dollar by default has already capital appreciation against ringgit if you take that aside between all apartments in JB I think this is an okay deal but if I can afford right I would go for a lender property instead because the room for capital appreciation for lender properties in JB is still relatively healthy every Malaysian who work in JB eventually will want to buy a landed property for their parents in JB they will not want to buy a high rise because this is just Dangabe with that massive density if you look into Madini it's called in Skandar Putri or whatsoever right there are still a lot of existing supplies and they are also facing the exact same depreciation so I would suggest to look into those areas as well instead of just this 
because now one is with a stigma in terms of brand the others don't so in short there's a few comparison that we need to do so one is the currency comparison keeping the capital in SGD or putting it in ringgit right then in terms of apartments look into other brands instead of this one with the stigma because eventually other brands are also have offering massive discount i will go for one that is completed and i can still run the same simulation in terms of calculation at least the property is sold out and i have the potential of the market correcting itself then the comparison between products with instead of just apartment of this price how about i put in a little bit more in terms of capital to own a landed properties that I can rent out so you can go for the ones closer to the borders or whatsoever those are also for rent and you do the exact same analysis maybe some every month you cough out you cough out around 1000 ringgit which is like 200 something for your only but you get to enjoy the capital appreciation then the final comparison between geographical locations in kl not the entire kl makes sense also there are several hot spots like bangsa south la monkara la dutamas la kl central la. those are the hot spots usually for rental investments but the price is relatively higher because your entire comparison right, if you look into other properties Capital appreciation not there one, but when you invest into JB, suddenly you want capital appreciation. So to me, if you can afford, because you're still young, right? Time is on your side. I would suggest to go for a lender properties because this deal, it's only okay. You're just putting 18% now, then every month it just folds itself. This is a strategy. If you are 50, it makes sense, right? You don't have to take as much risk. But at your age, I would suggest to have some more risk within the investment and i guess that's all for this episode thank you very much for writing in i can see you're a very analytical person which i hope the rest of the audience are too you do all your research you visit all the properties and you feel the ground yourself great job man and what's more impressive is at such a young age of 24 earning 7000 sing really <sighs> youngsters now are just so awesome <laughs> and I guess that's all for this episode. For those who still have any questions regarding real estate, you just email me at T-A-N-I-H-E-R-N-G, T-A-N-I-H-E-R-N-G at gmail.com or you can just DM me on Instagram, I-H-E-R-N-G, and I'll see you on the next one. Ciao. When love